Jack Scallions, would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? My wife sent me to Walmart to get a turkey that was on sale. I braved the crowd and chose a nice 15-pound bird and joined the long line to check out with a group of people just as excited to be there as I was. I laid several atoms and the turkey on the counter exchanged pleasantries with the young lady who silently, methodically checked my items. I picked up my bags and headed home when I happened to glance at my receipt and stopped short, noting there was no charge for the turkey. I folded the receipt, stood for a moment more, and started again toward the exit. For the next six or seven steps, the devil talked to me. He said, you lucky boy. He said, today you got a free turkey. This mega store will never miss it. They'll never check the shoppers. No one will ever know. You've gone to a lot of trouble. You deserve that turkey. You can put a little extra in the offering Sunday to cover it. I stopped the second time, stood for another moment, unfolded the receipt and took a quick look at it and did a 180 and headed back to the little lady who had just checked me out. The line was just as long. She was just as busy. When I finally got her attention, I said, excuse me, but I don't believe you charged me for this turkey. She took my receipt and in a very nonchalant voice said, yep, that'll be $24.50. I resisted the urge to say, young lady, are you remotely aware of what has happened in these last few moments when a lady in line who had witnessed the entire scene, said, Aren't you Pastor Scallions? I have visited your church. My nephew and niece attended your school. I would have expected no less from you than what I just witnessed. I thanked her and the checkout lady and apologized to the rather irate line of shoppers who had been held up through this process. I took my turkey and again headed for home, this time thinking how good I felt in my heart for not giving up my fellowship with my Savior for a turkey. A believer is held to his Savior by an unbreakable chain of relationship that can never be broken and a tiny, very thin thread of fellowship that is easily snapped. Jesus taught this truth to his disciples on the eve before the crucifixion. The disciples had assembled with dirty feet. Jesus proceeded to take a basin and one by one washed their feet, drying them with a towel. Peter resisted emphatically, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. The word Jesus used for part is the same word that we have for the word fellowship or communion. He then explains to the disciples, he that is washed, using a word that means a total bath, a reference to our salvation or regeneration, stating we need not to repeat that process, but we'll find it necessary as a believer to wash, using a word this time that means a washing by confession of daily defilement, of daily sin for fellowship. Jesus closed the lesson by stating, happiness comes to the believer who understands this. A hard truth is that a believer's old nature is not eradicated at salvation. Paul spoke of the two natures in Romans 7 as a warfare. 
He remarked that when we would do good, evil was present. This susceptibility to temptation is frustrating to all true believers and actually causes some to doubt their own salvation. We're all tempted to sin daily. Temptation in itself does not constitute sin. Jesus, our Savior, was tempted by Satan, the Bible says, yet without sin. Succumbing to temptation breaks fellowship. To abstain from yielding is possible since God has promised that he will make a way to escape. Old preachers were fond of saying, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair. To have fellowship with our Savior is a unique and powerful privilege that should be guarded carefully and enjoyed, I might add, immensely. To lose that closeness of communion comes with a heavy price. Prayers are hindered. There is a loss of the joy and excitement of salvation. Spiritual growth is stunted. Rewards can be lost, and our testimony can be tainted. I have heard fellowship described as two fellows in the same ship. That's just not so. There is a marked difference between union and communion. It is wonderful to know that broken fellowship can be restored by confession of the sins that interrupted, interrupted it in the first place. As a teen, I worked in Tolly Cheek's drugstore in Ripley. He paid me $5 each Saturday. I regularly helped myself to the candy and ice cream and nuts sold there. Several years later, after my conversion, I was asked to pastor a small Baptist church about 10 miles north of Ripley in the little town of Gates. Each time I passed Tolly Cheek's drugstore, I thought of my youthful indiscretions. One morning, I wheeled into a parking space in front of that drugstore. My surprised wife asked, why are we stopping here? I said, I need to pay a debt so that I can enjoy my fellowship with Jesus each time I pass this drugstore. Mr. Tolly Cheek forgave me that morning, and I went on my way, having, having taken care of a barrier that had robbed me of my fellowship with Christ each time I passed that store. Several years ago, I conducted a revival meeting in a neighboring town. A young man received Christ after an evening service, he informed me that he would not be present in the following night service. He stated, I need to take a trip to visit my previous employer. I stole some tools, and I need to return them. I don't want to start my Christian life with those tools between my soul and the Savior. As a Christian guarding your daily fellowship with the Savior, it is of paramount importance and requires unbendable resolve. And I might add, will cost you, but that's okay. Paul stated for himself that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. He paid a heavy price to hold fast to communion with the Savior. Charles Tinley was born July 7, 1851. His father was a slave and his mother a free woman. He taught himself to read at age 17, attended night school, and learned Greek and Hebrew, worked as a janitor at Calvary Methodist Church in Philadelphia, later becoming the pastor of that same church. He stayed there for 40 years as their pastor. At his death, the church had over 12,000 members. He wrote 47 hymns. One of my favorites 
is the song Nothing Between. The third verse exhibited well his struggle as a believer. Nothing between like pride or station, self or friends, shall not intervene. Though it may cost me much tribulation, I am resolved there's nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear. Let nothing between. So, my friend, guard your fellowship with Christ well. Apart from your salvation, it is your most cherished possession. This is Jack Scallions. I want to thank you today for allowing me the opportunity to share with you just a few moments from my heart to yours.